You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day everyone, welcome back to the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. It is I, Lyle Swithenbank. This is a sportsethos.com presentation, as, as it always is. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Ethos Pelicans, at Lyle Swithenbank. Now, it's the off-season, and of course, we need to have the fantastic people surrounding the team to come and talk to, talk to us, and, and we've done that again today. We have. The wonderful Erin Summers. Erin, thank you for joining us. Welcome back. So almost yes. six months since your last run here. Uh, we were talking off, off camera. That was the 19, 19th of January. Um, it feels like a lifetime ago. It <laughs> was. And the way things have changed since then, it has definitely been very different over since January. We're in a very different spot now than we were then going into this offseason but then coming out of this offseason, going into this next season is going to be very different from where we were last offseason. A lot of exciting stuff going on around the team. I tell you what, it's um, even just watching. I went back and watched all of the uh, the squad videos that they were putting out, uh, the mm-hmm. team were putting out. And to see the start and, you know, um, I don't know, there was like the obviously 1-12 and 12 start and 3-16. and 16. We heard this. We, everyone's talked about it and, you know, Right. Coach Green's first win was one of just a big moment. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a start to then now we're, we're getting this national hype of these guys are going to come out the West had perhaps come out the West. If everyone's healthy, if everyone sticks together and we, we keep it the same, this this is not the same team that we were looking at 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 the start of the season at all. No, the way that we felt going into last season at that point, we didn't know that Zion Williamson was hurt. So we still thought, you know, I guess we had a a more positive outlook on what last season was going to be. And then when that news kind of came out, things changed a little bit, but this year with him being healthy and the addition 
of CJ McCollum and the way that Brandon Ingram played and the role players that really stepped up last season, the way Herb Jones played, even Trey Murphy down the stretch, Jackson Hayes down the stretch. It's, and of course you have to add in Jose Alvarado and the way he played at backup point. The team definitely is in a much better position this year, even than they would have been last year had they been completely healthy, much, much better position. So it's exciting. Honestly, and and perhaps had it not gone the way that it did, we don't get to see the, I suppose, uh, birth of this backup point guard phenomenon in uh, Jose Alvarado. Perhaps we don't see Herb Jones develop into the, uh, you know, lockdown defender. I think they probably were going to do that anyway, but you never know how it's going to play out. Had Zion been healthy and had we had Brandon Ingram the whole year and mm-hmm. Kyra Lewis Jr. not getting injured, you know, there was a lot right. of factors that went into that. I yeah, mean, there was there was injuries and COVID at times that forced people to step up into different roles or more minutes. And even that type of time on the court in big minutes earlier in their career than maybe they, they thought they would have been or maybe Willie Green wanted to put them in, it made them develop quicker. It made them be ready for the moment when we got there in the play-in game and in the playoffs. And I mean, the playoffs. Do I don't know if we predicted that back. I was listening back to our earlier episode. And if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Then listen to this one uh, for everyone <laughs> out there. Um, because we're much more upbeat in this one. I'll tell you what, I think there was the mm-hmm. optimism, but it was, we'll see what happens. But now, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We're looking back after a playoff run, pushing the number one seed, record-breaking Suns uh, to six games, and at times looked like we could. We were on top. We could have. We could have absolutely uh, won that series. I think, and I think a lot of people agree with that. Um, what what a turnaround! Um, yeah, I think being on the inside, so to speak, and going to practices and seeing the way that they were attacking practice, the way that Coach Green was just adamant about how this team was going to get there. They were going to be good. You wanted to believe, you know, I saw it. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. And it started to slowly translate to the court, but it took a little while for, I think, the fan base to see it obviously translate to the games and then even more so the national media to see it. And I think it was really the trade with Portland adding CJ McCollum created a a lot more interest around the team nationally. And then the way that they played winning those two play-in games and the way they competed in the playoffs, it, it was great to see the fans rally around the team they started buying in and then really the national media started, you know, perking their ears up being like, what's going on in new Orleans? Is this something we should be paying attention to? And it's been wild seeing Jose Alvarado do his media tour. I mean, he's been on every network everywhere. People love that guy and he was undrafted and what he's been able to turn himself into this year, it's been crazy, but that is the epitome of what this team did. They, you know, obviously nobody had any expectations and they put in the work and they, I think they overperformed what people thought that they would do last year in a big way. 
And they're just going to, I think they're going to ride that momentum. They've all talked about how much work they want to put in over the summer, how getting that taste of postseason play, you know, they want to keep that going and they really believe in what they're doing here. Absolutely. And we said, well, I've seen on the, on the Instagram there that they have um, a lot of the guys are starting to come back already. I saw Trey Murphy was already back in the gym and I think Jose and Herb were back as well. Yeah. Yeah. So all of the, the younger guys have been in the gym this past week together. Um, it's kind of like we were just, we were talking offline about, you know, the saints and how the NFL has the, the OTAs. Well, it's kind of similar in this regard where, you know, you kind of get some of the younger guys to come in the rookies and work through some stuff over the summer. And so, yeah, they're all here working out together. They'll be here again next week. And I were hearing lots of rumors about, a lot of people showing up for summer league, whether they're going to be playing or not, but obviously CJ is going to be there because he's going to be on the, the broadcast. And he said last night on the NBA telecast that he's going to bring Zion there to Vegas. Just He wants him to work out there with him and he's going to show up. And a lot of other guys are going to, you know, make appearances as well, as well, whether they're, they're playing or not, but we should be hearing from some of the guys, you know, pretty soon, which will be fun. Yeah, well, it, I saw that broadcast as well with the uh, with CJ, and mm-hmm. uh, he's saying that to Magic Johnson. And as a as a fan, you sit there going, "That's awesome! That's fantastic yeah. thing!" And um, you know, to see that buy in from, you know, he stepped in straight away and become that leader and that um, a professional, I suppose, who's been around the league for such a long time, which only makes young guys better, I think. Yeah. And how has his leadership style been? Uh, as he's coming to this team, I mean, you being around the team, you've, you've seen it. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on that? I think what was cool is in the beginning, he was just so adamant about this is where he wanted to be. He wanted to play for new Orleans. It was his decision, which was great. Great for the NBA you know, players president to be saying, I believe in what's going on in New Orleans. I believe in Willie Green. I want to go be a part of this young team. And obviously to say good things about the city and the fan base here as well is huge for just the image of this team and and what it's been nationally for a little while. So that was great to start. And then he didn't come in immediately and start bossing people around or anything like that. He really watched and he got to know the team. He got to know the players, what the players like, their tendencies, you know, took a couple weeks and then he started sitting down with guys. And obviously the first person he sat down with was Brandon Ingram because he really wants to work in tandem with him. He doesn't want to come in and take over a team that, that is probably Brandon's team, even though he's not a vocal leader, like CJ is going to be you know, Brandon's definitely the one that's led this team with his work ethic, the way that he plays. And so I think CJ wanted to make sure that they complemented each other in the way that they were, you know, taking over the team together. And so, you know, they kind of got on the same page about what they wanted to do, what they thought they could accomplish, how they can help each other out on the court and then how they can best help the team. So it's been, it's been fun to watch that develop. And you see at times, 
Brandon pulling people aside and, and talking, even Jose, you know, a lot. He'll during the games, he'll pull him aside and tell him what he's seen or, or what he thinks he should do. And CJ does that a lot as well. And Coach Green's talked about how just because you know you're the head coach or you're the leader of the team doesn't mean you have to yell all the time, it doesn't mean you have to tell people what to do all the time. You know, you can encourage people and be positive and point out good things. And then when there are things that you see that somebody might need help with, that's when you, you use your voice. And it's not in a, a demeaning way or talking down to anybody, but hey, let's maybe we do this, or maybe this is, this is what I'm seeing. What are you seeing kind of thing? So everybody does a really good job working with each other and respecting each other. And CJ said that from the beginning, you know, I'm not gonna come in here and just tell people what to do. You know, I'm gonna let people like, Herb Jones, tell me what he's seen because I respect him on the court and I want him to respect me. And, you know, I want this to be a thing that we do together, which I think is, is really cool. Obviously we've seen how he is with the media. You know, he's, he's great. He's got his hand in so many different things outside of the court, which he's also trying to help his teammates with, you know, help them understand the business side of things, which is huge. Um, but yeah, he's not coming in acting like this is his team and you have to do it his way. And, and he knows everything, which I think is, is huge. Absolutely. And we got a bit of a sense of that, the way he has, I suppose, interviewed and the way he spoke about everything. And uh, I mean, even when he got caught, I think he got caught on the spot a bit. Uh, it was the all-star game and they called him out about the Zion. Have you spoken mm-hmm. with Zion? And all of a sudden that was, you know, the biggest news. And I don't think it was ever meant to be anything more than a passing comment. And maybe it was. And and all of a sudden, yeah, it turns into the biggest thing. And to see him manage that and all of a sudden Zion's back at the team and instead of it being a negative sort of thing, um, perhaps he was, may have, I don't know, shaken something in him or something to bring him back, but he's back with the team. And he all of a sudden sees, this is where I want to be. And, that seemed to be a bit of a turning point. I mean. Yeah. I think CJ may call people out a little bit more than maybe somebody like Brandon will. Yeah, for sure. Because it's not in his nature. So maybe what CJ was saying with those comments, knowingly, unknowingly, was just like, yeah, we want to see Zion around. We want to talk to him. We want him to be a part of this team. And as you said, in the next couple of weeks, Zion was back with the team and he's been working out here. He's staying there here this summer and he's been in the gym. You know, I pop in there every once in a while. I see him all the time. Um, you know, he's definitely getting his workouts in. He's working with the training staff and he was very you know, adamant about wanting to stay here this summer and continuing to develop and also to be around the team as they come in for workouts And as I mentioned earlier, CJ said that last night, you know, I've taken Zion under my wing and I really want to help him because I mean, somebody that comes into the league with that much expectation, everybody watching your every move and having a comment on everything that you do is got to be so tough for a 19, 20, 21 year old. I can't imagine if everything that I did was analyzed by everybody on social media. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I would just, have like yeah. crawled into a hole and never came out. 
hundred percent. And and it's not even the topic might not even be about him, but he just cops, you know, the offhanded like joke or comment or something. It's in everything because of this, I suppose, the expectation and you know the abilities that he has, and he's had that since he was what fifteen, early, even younger. You know, this yeah, yeah, it's a huge thing. And and to see a guy like CJ come in and say have the, that um, recognition to say, well, look, I'm going to help this guy succeed. It also helps CJ, you know, at the end of the day, he wants to win a championship and he can see that Zion is going to be For a big sure. part of that. Um, so all of those improvements are just going to be fantastic. Uh, another thing, I, I mean, we, I know we've talked about CJ for a bit, but that relationship with Brandon Ingram has just, it, it seems to be fantastic. Uh, it was obviously a bit of time on the court to get adjusted to that. We saw that, uh, I think it was three games they lost or three or four games. Uh, directly after the trade they went and had a few wines in that all-star mm-hmm. break as we've heard and uh came back and wow we started blowing teams out of the water three or four games in a row of 20 plus wins uh 20 plus points pardon in the win yeah how is he it's all Brandon? it's it's all about your chemistry on the court yeah. you know at this point brandon i mean brandon if he didn't have a good game, Pelicans were not going to win, right? I mean, 100%. that's just kind of how it was. Like, Brandon had to be the guy. And so it was kind of trying to figure out that give and take between the two of them on the court and what was going to work best. Mm. And I really like that Brandon has – he can definitely turn it on still. And he almost, I think, has gotten better because maybe there's not that much pressure on – as much pressure on him. He knows he has somebody else there in CJ who is a guaranteed scorer and all the load doesn't have to be on Brandon. So he can play more free and he's playing, you know, just playing in rhythm, like playing the game. And he seems way more comfortable. It's been fun to see him turn it on down the stretch, you know, in the fourth quarter, Brandon seems like he's just brings it another level, but I think that that's been huge. Just knowing that it's not all on your shoulders um, and CJ's done a really good job again of, of both of them. They love watching film and really seeing what works for each other, how they can, you know, get to someone's spot or where they can set them up on the court. And even with, you know, the other guys, Jonas and Jackson and trying to play to, to their strengths, um, we, we saw Jackson really blossom. And then Jonas, gosh, he works so hard every game. I mean, the poor guy he gets off the court every, every night. And he's like, huh, huh, huh. Cause like everything hurts. Right. And then he's like, well, I will rest when I, when I am done playing, like, I'll just get back out there. It's fine. And he just, that's it. Like just, he works. You love it. Yeah. He gets absolute hammering every single game. Mm-hmm. And I think to be such a big fella, they get away with a lot on him like it's throwing around he's getting belted across right the face. like just because he's big doesn't mean that he can take more blows <laughs> like that's not how it's supposed to work <laughs> it's still a foul and um you know yeah, uh, yeah i feel for him and you see him run up the court and then you'll see someone take a quick shot and he'll look back and run back down the court and <laughs> grab the rebound and honestly his contributions this year as well i think if you split the season into two halves he was almost the first half of the season mvp I think he was such a great uh, influence around the team. We knew that he could uh, score, he could rebound. You knew what you were going to get from him. 
And right, you know, right. he was consistent. He showed yeah. up every every game. I he played. Uh, I think there was only like one or two games, really, not too many that he he had to sit out because of injury. Yeah. Or oh no, he was um, sick, sick that he yeah, sat right. out. Right. So yeah, I mean, he played through a lot and he gave you a ton of minutes. He played more minutes than he's ever played in his career. And coach green was like, Hey man, I'm sorry. And he, and he said, no, it's okay. Like I'm here to play and give me more. I'm good. And he really took a lot on a lot more than people probably realized, as you mentioned early in the season, when they really did need, you know, just that one, like the stability of, of a player like that. Absolutely. I mean, he's another one of those guys that's that's been around the league for a while. Older guy. I mean, he's six months younger than me, so that makes uh, showing my age. Well, I'm showing my age. I mean, he's only 30, but, uh, you know, that it, it, it's helpful around younger players to have those guys that have been around the league and the, the stabilising forces, I guess, uh, and, and guys that have seen different things, been in different teams, know what good locker rooms look like, know what bad locker rooms look like. I, mm-hmm. I, I think you, you can't uh, put a price on having good veteran leadership around the team. And I think we saw that translate a bit to these younger guys. And, and speaking of Jackson Hayes, well, I mean, what a revelation he was. Went from that benching, sent down to the G League, plays a bit of the four spot, and is a different guy. He's yeah. unbelievable on the court and the confidence sky high. And, you know, Jackson Hayes, uh, I mean, what a year he had. A bit of a roller coaster, but what were your thoughts, I suppose, going in down the stretch? He, he became really important for us. I was really impressed about his transition and the way he handled it mentally because yeah. he had never gone to the G League before. Mm. He was in his third year, didn't go as a rookie, and he never spent time down there. So in your third year to be sent down to the G League to be benched when he, I mean, he thought he was going to be the guy coming in and playing all the time starting and the way that he kind of accepted that. And he said, you know, he leaned on the other guys that he was with down there with Trey Murphy and Aji Marshall went down um, and they kind of stuck together because I think even Trey went through a little bit of that mentally you know, thinking he was going to come in and contribute right away. And it's just the adjustment to the NBA. It's, it's different, especially somebody like Trey, who was brought in to be more of a catch and shoot kind of guy, somebody who's not going to create his own shots. Well, if you don't have somebody like Zion on the court, those shots, you're not going to have those open looks for Trey just to catch and, and shoot. Like, you know, what they were able to do, changed without Zion on the court and it affected their vision for Trey. Trey's done a really good job of developing his game. We've all seen all his Instagrams and how much he's been in the gym this summer and just learning. I think once he can learn how to you know, create for himself, his game is going to be completely different. That's beside the point that I just got went down a yeah, that's all right. No. I got sidetracked, we'll but Jackson, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jackson, you know, stuck with the process. And I think, you know, you hear from the fans sometimes begging for, Oh, let's try Jackson. Let's do this. Why is yeah, he not playing more? Sure. But I think that they really needed to go through it the way that they did to make sure he, his approach was right mentally and 
let him have his time to go down, get confidence at the G League level and work with him as far as that position change went. And it really happened because they lost a huge defensive mind and an asset in Josh Hart. And so they needed somebody else that could contribute. And Jackson's athleticism, his ability to guard, you know, one through four was huge. So they were trying to figure out how we can make up for what we lost in Josh Hart on the defensive side. And they're like, well, you know, Jackson is long. He can, he can get out in the perimeter. He's athletic. He's quick. Like, let's see what it could look like with him there. And that's when, you know, the move was made and it clicked. I think he felt more comfortable in that role. He said that being able to contribute on the defensive side gave him the confidence on the offensive side to, to be, I mean, the guy shot, I think it was like 65% on the year. Yeah. And most of them were dunks. I get that, but he was effective in his role and did what they needed him to do. And I think that he's only going to get better. Um, it was, it was fun to watch him kind of go through that and, and come out on top because I think it was difficult for him to have to, to kind of go up and down to be benched and then, um, getting getting the opportunity, getting comfortable in the role that that Coach Green is putting him in, and again, a lot of it goes back to Coach Green and the way that he really listens to the players and works with them. Because in order to get the most out of your player, like you want it to be something that they're comfortable with, that they want to do, right? And so, how can we come to a middle ground here for on something that will work for both of us that work for the team. And I think he's done a really good job with that throughout the season. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And that's actually where I was, where I was going to go with it. Uh, I was going to then move to Willie Green and exactly mm-hmm. the, from Jackson. I remember mid, uh, when he first was benched and there was the questions, why are you playing Jackson? And he kept it in house. He didn't give any sound bites. He didn't rubbish any players. He didn't say that he needed to work on this or he can't do that. Or It, it was very much that's a conversation between me and Jackson and he knows what he's got to work on or something along the lines of that. And I thought it was a very tasteful way to do that, particularly with younger players. And as a coach that's come in and has to get to know these players, you're trying to build rapport with them all. And you're also trying to work, uh, work out what clicks uh, for mm-hmm. each player. Not everyone responds to, you're no good at this, I need you to be better. Some guys need a pat on the head. Another guy needs, you know, a benching. Another guy needs more minutes or less minutes, you know, change in role. And I think Willie Green was fantastic this year as someone who was able to identify what worked for different players and get the best out of them. What did yeah, you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think the difference between Willie Green and Van Gundy is mm-hmm. very it's stark. They're very different coaches. <laughs> Their approaches are very different. And sometimes players react to you know, the tough love. And sometimes the players, you know, need a little more encouragement. And coach green, you know, has said at at times, I think it was like halfway through the year, he said, you know, my approach is it's an 80, 20, where 80% of the time we're talking about what worked, what was good, what you did well in the last game or or lately or whatever. And then 20% of the time it's like, all right, but in this situation, let's try this or, or let's, you know, work on this. And I think that that helped this team grow because you, you reiterate the, the good things and you, you get that to be your practice. You know, they're like, all right, well, this is good. This is what he wants me to do. I'm going to keep doing this. And you feel good about that. And then you have a couple things that you need to work on and he's not calling you out in front of everybody, you know, he'll point some things out as a group, but he's not going to point out somebody individually in front of the group. He lets that go to the player development coach, your, your person that you work with one-on-one. So those are, you know, more private conversations where you can be more vulnerable. I mean, you have a, a close relationship with your player development coach and you can really talk about more of the intricacies of the game as it applies to you and your role rather than being called out in front of everybody. And I think that worked really well with people. And then as coach green said, at times he would pull somebody aside individually and it was never to reprimand somebody or yell at somebody. It was just to have an open dialogue about what the player was seeing, what coach was seeing and how can we, how can we meet in the middle here and find something that, that works for both of us. Yeah, I think as even from the outside looking in, we felt that and yeah. just the mutual respect. And that was something I think perhaps it was, it was, show, it wasn't maybe 
advertised quite as well the year before with Stan and Gundy. Maybe we didn't see that with all the COVID and there was lots right. of different things. I'm not going to try to say I know anything about any of that. But it, it was a more, much more difficult situation, I think. And this year, it was a bit of a reset. And I think mm. the Pelicans did such a good job in, you know, bringing in the right people, finding that right mix of veterans and, you know, uh, young guys and moving, you know, moving Josh Hart and, and Nikhil. That was tough. That was like one of the toughest things. I've, I've never been um, that attached to a team like ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I know. It was, it, and I think we talked about this, you know, it's my first time going through a trade in the middle of a season like that where you, you lose people on the team I never had to deal with that because I worked in college sports and you don't do that you know you don't like just trade people in the middle of the season nope, now you have new people so it was weird to know that those guys weren't going to be around anymore and I appreciated what they brought you know especially Josh the, the way that he played and then Nikhil is such such a nice guy like you just yeah. wanted it to work out for him. And so it was, it was hard, but, and then seeing them show up at the game and oh, the support and love heart. that everybody had for each other. Oh, and then Josh showed up in the playoffs when he got back, like I turn around and he's standing there right behind me. And I'm like, wow, like, I can't believe that, that you're here. That's so cool. And yeah. it's just the, the camaraderie and the love that these players have for each other this season. It was something different. That was, it was something different. I think that's, yeah, it's the perfect way to sum it up. And to see the buy-in, I mean, we talked about it uh, before we started. We went back and had a look at some of the games earlier on in the season as you are putting together mm-hmm. the, the player profiles. And the stands are empty, you know, there was this, you know, the, the Twitter spaces were created as like this counselling session. All of a sudden we're like in the playoffs, screaming. I remember waking up one o'clock in the morning, when CJ got traded to jump on the spaces and celebrate with everyone, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely, it was bizarre. Yeah, that's a good point because in the beginning it was probably just like a, all right, you know, this is, we know this is not fun. We know this is tough. Like we're going to be here for each other, kind of like air your grievances and <laughs> be upset. And then it just, things really started to change and it's been a fun ride. I think what's cool is everybody in that building believed from the beginning. And that's something that coach green never wavered in is what he saw in those players, what what he felt like they could be and who they could be as a team. And that's what really pulled this team through is just the demeanor and the belief of, of the head coach. And as we mentioned, his ability to work with, each of the players and it was a great hire right like he's wicked he's awesome it's crazy <laughs> and I love watching him because he doesn't like even practice like he never changes his demeanor he's just you know even keel and every once in a while he'll step in and say no guys like come on I need more from you right now like we need to practice at a higher level we got to play with pace we got to run it like we're going to run it in a game you know and he'll he'll take a moment to to kind of call the, the team up as he says um but yeah I mean other than that I think that's what made it so cool at the end of the season when we saw that emotion from him when 
oh, it was gut-wrenching. Like, it's just crying. I can't imagine what he'd been through all year and the faith that he had to have and to have it be done. It was probably a a relief, you know, to like, man, we did it. We got here. We, We made it to the playoffs. Like, look what this team accomplished. And then also being sad that it was over. It was that moment of him walking off the court, just crying. Oh, you don't see people do that, but that's how much he cared. That's something else. That was, um, and it was, I think everyone felt that, you know, after that, I was, I I would, I rewatched the last quarter of of the, that game a few times, just like, now what am I going to do? What right. am I going to do? If Chris Paul just misses one shot, like <laughs> just one. Yeah. Oh and then gosh. watching the playoffs, it could be, you know, there's been so many moments where I'm like, God, the Pelicans could totally yeah. compete with this team. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's um, so frustrating. Yeah. But I, I suppose the good thing is, and fingers crossed, I mean, we predicted that we we're going to make the playoffs in our last one. That's what we said. We'd speak again when we were talking playing playoffs and Oof. we did it. Um, we were just being, uh, we were, naively optimistic at that point we I think. Very, yeah i mean or you know <laughs> just <laughs> i think yeah i think we were we were looking for anything at that point um what's next what's next for the pelicans is this the beginning do you think yeah yeah i think that at this point and, and uh, david griffin said it at the exit interviews you know we have all the pieces we're happy with what we have here and with the addition of Zion, healthy Zion, what more do you really need? Uh, sure, you can tweak a couple things. You can, you know, obviously we have the draft coming up, but I think that they're good enough to compete with what they have right now. So then if you do add some people, you do make some changes, then how much better do you get? And then once they start getting time to play together, And if Zion can get back to what he was doing before he got hurt, this team has the potential to really come out in a big way this year. And I don't think that it's a stretch to say that they could, you know, win the West. Yeah, no, I completely agree that uh, I think we can come out of the West. I think the team is absolutely primed. I think it's, it's got a whole heap of young talent as well as big guys, uh, Big veterans, big name veterans that are going to help us get there. And oh, it's exciting. I tell you what, I'm excited and uh, I am chomping yeah. at the bit to get over there at the end of the year to hopefully watch a homestand uh, over in New Orleans. So we'll see what happens. You're coming here? Yeah, we're coming. We're um, nice. December, I think, uh, will be the plan over Christmas time. So that should be the hopefully where they're in New Orleans. Otherwise, they're going to be in New York. That's the two places. But so, yeah, we have to wait until August for the schedule to come out. Yeah, so, so we're right. just kind of waiting for that. But we have the draft, you know, in a couple we weeks. Do. So that'll be exciting. And then we'll have summer league. And then August, we'll get to kind of pick apart the schedule and, and see how things are going to shake out for us. Absolutely. It's going to, it's very, very exciting. Uh, I mean, pick eight in the draft coming up. We're looking forward to seeing who. We're going to pick there. What's that in a couple of weeks? Um, all very exciting. And then yeah. Summer League, where we'll see that person as well as, I don't know, probably a few of the young guys will get another run out, at least until, I don't know, if they send Herb Jones down there, it's just unfair. I think he's <laughs> he's too good. Trey Murphy as well, probably. Um, 
but uh, it's going to be very awesome to see them out there running around again. And um, yeah, and it was interesting because last year, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of the guys went because they didn't get a lot of time playing because of COVID yeah. and the restrictions of they didn't get a lot, any time really practicing. I think they only really had a couple live practices last year. So, you know, Najee was there, yeah, that's um, right. yeah. obviously the guys that were drafted. So some of the, the younger guys did come because they wanted to get a little more run. So it'll be interesting to see because all of our young guys played quite a bit this past season. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see who is out there and who's playing. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to more Pills basketball because at the moment, I mean, the finals, we saw game one. That was that was pretty awesome. But, I mean, it would be much better if the Pills were there, I tell you what. Um, of course it would be. And it's going <laughs> to – I mean, basketball is going to be over before we know it. we got a couple days until the next game. and I don't know what I'm going to do with myself, I'll tell you what. Well, about a month before Summer League starts, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be twiddling my thumbs, I think. I don't, I don't know what <laughs> – Wait for something to start because, um, yeah, there'll be no basketball and I don't know what I'm going to do. But, Erin, thank you so much for your time today. Of it's course. been great catching yeah. up again and having a chat. Um, yeah, it was it was really awesome. I appreciate your time. Have you got anything you'd like to, to plug or anything coming up that you'd like to let people know about? Or? Well, I mean, if you're going to be here in New Orleans for the draft, we will have an event at the Smoothie King Center. I think it's a season ticket holders event. We're going to have a live show before the draft from six to seven, which will be streamed online. So you guys can watch and, and hang out with us on draft night. It'll be myself and Daniel Salerson. So that'll be fun. We'll kind of get, you know, some last minute predictions and hopefully get some good guests on and everything to give you some insight into the draft. And, and then we'll kind of take it in and we'll talk to David Griffin after it's over and then take a little break and I'll be at Summer League with Jim Eichenhofer. I'll be there for the whole time. So we'll have lots of fun content from that as well. So we're going to try to keep you guys um, with some something Pelicans for the summer, something to tide you over. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm sure I heard a few people are going out to Summer League to go and watch it. Some of the Pels yeah. fans will be out there. So um, yeah, no doubt they'll be, They'll be cheering on the summer pills as well. And uh, I'll be doing it from the comfort of my lounge room. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. And uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Sounds great. Thank you. So thank you so much to Erin for joining us on the show. It's always great to chat with her. And uh, what a fantastic uh, turnaround that we had. Obviously, the record at the date we last spoke, being the 9th of January, was 16 and 28 uh and we remember that we started 3-16. and 16. Uh, It took a little while to get to that point, but uh, they fought back. The next game was Jose's game at Madison Square Garden, if you don't remember. Uh, you remember that game, and, and if that uh, triggers your memory to uh, cast back before the CJ trade, before all of that, before Brandon Ingram was snubbed as an all-star, uh, that's when we last spoke. So we had a lot of optimism, and, uh, you know, it was well-founded because we ended up making the playoffs, as we know. So... Thank you very much to Erin. And if you're around on draft night, like she plugged, go and check out uh, the draft uh, event that they're going to have on Erin and Daniel Salison, which will be fantastic, uh, no doubt. And, and if you don't get down to the Smoothie King Center because you're not season, season ticket holder, well, you'll be able to uh, watch it on the live stream. So go and enjoy that, and there'll be plenty more coming up. So I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you once again to Erin. 
This is the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I'm Lyle Swithenbank. At Ethos Pelicans on Twitter, at Lyle Swithenbank. Stay safe and bye for now. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.